Father, we just thank you, Father, for your Son. We thank you for your Spirit. We thank you for your written word. Now as we come to the ministry of this spoken word, I pray your written word and your Holy Spirit will come together in the minds and the hearts of each one of us, Lord. Let there be that one voice that speaks to us, that voice that created the heavens and the earth, and the voice that still holds it together by the power of his word. That voice, that still small voice, the power of that voice to still storms, to calm seas, to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed. We want to hear that voice, Lord, today. Touch our ears. Touch our ears. Cleanse our mind. Sanctify our heart. Make our heart whole. That we may hear that voice and obey that voice. Whatever it may cost us, obey the voice of your Holy Spirit. Because you said if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. The best of the life of Christ Jesus is ours. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We turn to the gospel according to Mark chapter 2 and verses 1 to 12. The title of today's message is How Desperate Are You? Everybody here, even the young ones, has something in their heart they want. It may look ridiculous to us, but it's important to them. Right? Remember the boy who wanted... Not about his watch. Yes, that is the one. The boy who wanted a cycle for his birthday. He prayed. He prayed. He was a Catholic kid, so he prayed. He prayed, but he felt something was not right. It's not coming through. So in the last minute, he took the statue of Mother Mary that was in his house and he hid it in the forest and came back. And then his mother heard him praying, Lord Jesus, if you want your mother back. (laughs) (laughs) If you want your mother back. Better see that I get a red bicycle for my birthday. So the question is, how desperate are you? How desperate are we for our breakthrough. How desperate are we for a revival? How desperate are we for God to break through and touch these people we hear about every day, oppressed, raped, organs harvested for the rich and the powerful and then left to die. Nobody sees them, but God does. God's people ought to see them. How desperate are we for a revival, an awakening in this world? One final awakening, one final move of God, like all the awakenings put together as one. The final sweep as we see in the book of Revelation. He says the harvest is ripe. They are oppressed, they are broken, they are crying. 
bringen. One final harvest. Then it's over. Then he hands it over to the Antichrist. And his bride is gone. How desperate are we? So Mark chapter 2. Again he entered Capernaum after some days. Remember, he was in Capernaum. That's Mark chapter 1. Where he did all those amazing things. He preached and they were stunned. What power, what authority. He healed the sick. He delivered the oppressed. And crowds had come from all over. And then early in the morning, Ramba, he woke up when it was still dark. He went to a solitary place to pray. The sick all have come. The disciples come. They said, Lord, they are waiting for you. He said, let us go to the other cities. For this reason I have come, that I might preach. After some time, he comes back to Capernaum. And when he comes back, the crowds are all over there. Again, he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Whose house? We do not know. In the house. It's a house. Whose house? We don't know who is the owner, who lives there. Nothing is mentioned. But it is in the house because something spectacular took place in this house which will be there recorded forever. This house will never be an ordinary house after this day. In the house. Immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic man who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. So the word had gone out. The crowds were there. The crowds gathered for a spectacle. They're like Indian crowds. All you need is they come. We don't know who charms them, the snake or the charmer. He's back at Capernaum. Okay, so you always have to trust God's timing. Okay, earlier. God had told his son, go to other towns. Now the son is back because the father has told, go back to the town. Okay, We always have to trust. God knows when to move. God knows when somebody is desperate enough for a touch of God. His delay does not mean denial. It only means you are not ready yet. You are not ready yet. The cup is not empty yet to be filled. 
Rama delay is a test of our own heart. Lot of people give up during delay. They give up. We need to learn to fight for what is rightfully ours in Christ Jesus. Okay, we fight for everything else. We fight for stupid things. In homes, most of the fights are over stupid things. But what is rightfully ours, you and I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. Up there. To bring it down, you need to fight for it. For the spiritual to become reality in the physical. God says, are you ready to fight for it? My son fights for it. He says, my son fights for what is rightfully his, given by his father. Remember, the Pharisees sitting there were thinking, what kind of a man is he that he says, blasphemy is like forgiving. And he heard in his spirit, you know what? He fought it in the physical to hear it in the spirit. Hear it in the spirit. Imagine if you fight the battles against powers of darkness and you can hear clearly in your spirit exactly what God is saying. For a time and a season in your life. That's where faith comes from. You hear in your spirit what God is saying. And that faith is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That faith is on which miracles happen. You hear in your spirit. And you know God has spoken. Once you hear in your spirit and God has spoken. It will come to pass. You just stand there on it. Heaven and earth will pass away. But what he has spoken is forever settled in the heavens. That's what God is talking about. And there is this crowd, this huge, massive crowd. Verse 2 says, the crowd was packed. Crowd was packed. The whole house was packed. Under the guidelines of COVID-19, though it is 21, we are still calling him by the past name. should call him COVID-21 by now. It's a packed house. But Luke 5.17, the same miracle recorded. Remember, we had spoken about this some time back. It was happening on a certain day as he was teaching. There were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. How does it end? The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Wherever the Lord is, the power of the Lord is present to heal us. To set us free. Not only to heal us, to forgive us. But as he said to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. The presence of the Lord is there. The power of the Lord is there to forgive us, to deliver us, to heal us. The only question is, do we believe? How desperate are we? And the room was packed. The house was packed. I don't know how big a house it was, but it was packed. And people of every kind was there. The ordinary people, the village people, people from every town. And there were Pharisees, Sadducees, the teachers of the law. Every kind you want to name it, you could claim it. They were there. Every kind. Packed. Wall to wall. Not even standing space. You could not even peep over the door. The doorway also was jammed. So the crowd is there. And verse 3 says, and then there were four men carrying a fifth man. The crowd was there. 
And there were four men carrying a fifth man. One paralytic. We don't know how long. We don't know how long. Maybe for years. A paralytic. A man who cannot move at all. A man who is actually useless. As far as the society is concerned. Useless. It's paralytic. What does he give? He just takes. He gives nothing. But interesting. He has four friends. A paralytic with four friends. A paralytic with four loyal friends. A paralytic with four loyal faithful friends. What kind of friends do you have? Friends who take you to Jesus or friends who take you away from Jesus? What kind of friends do you have? Everybody has friends. Stop for a moment and say, what kind of friends do I have? Take a look at your life and say, you know what? My friends are taking me away from Jesus to the devil or taking me to Jesus to heal me and to set me free. What kind of friends do you have, young people? Who takes me to do drugs and to the demons and to death or to Jesus and to salvation? What kind of friends do you have? It's important to have friends. It's important to have good friends. It is important to have faithful friends. It's important to have persistent friends who will not give up on you. Who will break the roof for you. So that you can have their breakthrough. Not they. They can walk. They are fine. They are good. But they look at you and you say, you know what? Maybe this is the day. We heard about him. We thought he had left us. He's come back. You know what? We are not going to let anything stop today. It's somebody's house. It's somebody's property. He may get mad at us later. But if we have to pay for the damage, we will do. But you know what? We're going to do something. We're going to break the roof. Nobody is saying, okay, Nobody is moving. We are trying. Nobody is giving way. It's jam. Let's go back. Take him back. Maybe another day he will come back. No, they are not going back. They are not going back. They are resilient. These four were not willing to give up. You know, friends do the craziest things in life. All of us, college days, we know. We had Crazy friends. They would do the craziest things. There's nothing, especially among men, there is nothing in the world like friends. Nothing like. They will do the craziest stuff. We all know that. They have done crazy stuff. They are the kinds who can put shaving cream in that Dabba and put it as ice cream label in the freezer. They will go to great lengths to empty the toothpaste from the tube and fill it with shaving foam and put it back on your counter. You have no clue. Girls have no clue what boys and their friends are like. If they can drug you, they will drug you and shave half your mustache and half your beard when you are sleeping and they will pretend they don't know what happened. 
all kind of they will do the craziest things but here you see four friends it looks crazy what they are doing it looks really crazy who who breaks somebody's roof but we need friends like that in proverbs 18 and verse 24 the bible says a man who has friends must be friendly but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother you know even brothers separate family members separate they don't talk hostility comes in but you know friendship never does friendship never does that's why jesus at the end looks at his disciples and says i call you my friends everybody left me all have gone all have gone only 11 left my brothers have left my sisters have left the mother is in there family all gone all the crowds have gone all the disciples have gone only 11 left i no longer call you servants you are my friends because there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother so there are worldly friends and there are godly friends friends who never give up on you i've seen i've seen in college they're worldly but their loyalty is unbelievable you are in trouble they don't want to know who caused it <laughs> they literally go to jail for you God for people who have got friends who stick closer than a brother closer than a brother okay <clears throat> but there is a friend greater than all earthly friends <clears throat> he's the one who broke the roof of heaven to come down from the father to rescue us to heal us to save us to deliver us from the power of sin He's an awesome friend. He broke the roof. Now he's knocking at the door of our heart. He won't break that. Because he gave us the freedom to open or shut. That he won't break. He broke the roof. He came down. He did everything possible. And he sticks closer than a brother. He knocks at our heart and says every day, Will you let me in? I've come. My mission has never changed. I've come to heal, to save to rip, deliver the oppressed even now i am there and my power is here in this house to heal the sick to heal the broken hearted to deliver the oppressed these guys <clears throat> these four guys pretty innovative okay pretty innovative if you look at verse 4 and when they could not come near him because of the crowd they uncovered the roof where he was so when they had broken through they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying if you look at the parallel passage in Luke 5 and verse 90 we have more interesting engineering facts when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the house top and let him down 
with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. So there is a roof and there are tiles. There are tiles. One by one the tiles are being taken. Pass it out. Okay. You have to imagine. Imagination is good as long as it's in the right direction. It, don't think they climbed onto the roof and took him to the roof first. One fellow must have gone up and you tell him, Macha, how long is the bed? <laughs> how many tiles do you? Engineering is going on over here. Okay. There are suddenly engineers over there. And one said, around six feet. Okay. And how many feet broad? Three feet. Okay. Right down there, and they, they said, wait, 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 wait a second, somebody peeps in and says, not that tile, just below the master. We cannot let it down in the crowd, we have to let him right where the master is sitting. They go, 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 go to the front, that tile. It's interesting, it's like a movie scene that is taking place over there. So just don't read one line and go away, you need to look how desperate they are. How innovative they are. How much they are calculating. Meaning you want your breakthrough. You want your breakthrough. You need to be absolutely be very, very sure. Very, very sure. Those people who were healed by the shadow of Peter that was falling upon them were absolutely clear. They checked the sun out. They knew exactly where the shadow would fall, how long the shadow would be, and they laid the sick accordingly. If Peter's shadow is only here and you put them here, nobody's going to get healed. People don't realize that there is a preparation that goes for your miracle. It doesn't just come like that. There is a preparation that goes before your miracle comes. And here you have four people. And they are smart people. No? And they figured it out. Because the Bible says, let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Not behind Jesus. Not on top of somebody who is sitting over there. Right. There is very little gap between the pulpit and the crowd. So they have to be really good in their engineering to let it down right in front of him. Preachers like me would have got offended, upset. Why are you disturbing my preaching? Jesus is not. And the interesting part is the crowd. The crowd must be like any crowd. They're looking at Jesus. They're looking at what dial is got. What is happening? What is happening? Dust is falling. Okay, things are falling down. Jesus being Jesus, you know, he doesn't get distracted. He doesn't get distracted by anything. When he's preaching, I believe he does not get distracted. People are looking up. Two tiles are gone. Three tiles are gone. <laughs> One row is gone. Second row is going. Okay. Think about it. How many tiles do I need to remove before I can let down the paralytic down? How many things do I need to remove from my life before God can reach out and touch me. How many things? Things which I need to do. There are things which God will do. There are things which we need to do. I can't, I, I can't call Lazarus back from the dead. Only God can. Lazarus come out. But he won't take the grave clothes off. He says, take it off. You take it off. You take it off. There are things which we have called to do. There are things which... Only God can do. And please note this. God will not do 
what we can do and we ought to do. He will not do it. A lot of people are like babies waiting for God to do everything. And God says, no, I will not do. A lot of things, our prayers are never answered. You know why? Because you don't need to pray to do it. You can simply do it. Because the same effort you're putting in other things. But you won't do it in the things of God. Let me ask this question. Do you need prayer to read your Bible? Don't you read? Don't you read? All you need is a little effort. Because you read anyway. Whatever junk you read, you read. A lot of things. Lot of things in life. You'll say, Lord, I prayed for so many years. What did you pray for? God said, I didn't answer. Why? Because you can't do it by yourself. You think you are a baby. Put everything into the mixy and then. God says, No. You can do it yourself. A lot of stuff you can do yourself. I saved you, put my spirit in you, I gave you my word, I gave you my mind, I gave you my strength. You can do it. What you cannot do it, I will do it. But there is a preparation. There is a preparation. The entire ministry of the word must have been interrupted. Definitely. You cannot have a ministry going, if the roof is coming off, I will stop preaching. (laughs) Thank God this is concrete. Jesus is not mad. Jesus is not mad. Note. For many, the house was packed. And here, all of you are here. For many who come to hear Jesus, remember, there are some who need to be brought to Jesus because they can never come on their own. They can never come on their own. For everyone who can come to Jesus, there will be many others who need to be brought to Jesus. They will never come. You can invite them. You can call them. You can tell them lunch free. They will come for lunch, but they will not come for the meeting before that. Fifteen years ago, when I used to have my Bible study, before the church all began, not fifteen, sixteen years ago, we had this crowd of young people. It was like this house, packed. And there would be a couple of them who used to come towards the end, because after the Bible study, after church service, we had Bible study, and after the Bible study, we would have lunch. And my one of my kids who's here, he was only four years old then. And he used to Loudly say, some people come for the meeting, some people come for the eating. Are you getting it? You know? Some people will never come. They have to be brought. Today you don't bring them to Jesus. Today you take Jesus to them. Because Jesus is in you. You don't bring them to Jesus. You take Jesus to them. The question is, how desperate are we to take Jesus to them? 
that they can see Jesus. Remember the Greeks who came to Philip and said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. So many people in your homes, so many people in your homes, especially because most of you come from non-believing families, they're going to see, the only Jesus they're going to see is you. And some roofs need to be broken before they can see Jesus. Some habits need to be broken before they can see Jesus. Tiles need to be taken out before they will ever see Jesus. Yes, there is treasure in every earthen vessel. But as long as the vessel is whole, and as long as the vessel is not broken, nobody is going to see Jesus. They see you. They see me. They don't see Jesus. And they are not moved. The powers of darkness are not moved. The Amalekites will still feast. The Midianites will feast as long as the pitcher of Gideon 300 is whole. The light is there, but the light is hidden. You can blow the trumpet. It's not going to make any difference because the picture is whole and the light is hidden. The light has to be seen and the trumpet has to be blown. And then you will see the revival taking place, both together, simultaneously. Our problem is we are keeping the picture whole, hiding the light and blowing the trumpet and the trumpet makes an unsure sound. And the enemy is not confused. The enemy is not moved. The enemy is not scared. Because the picture is whole. That's why certain things need to be broken in our own lives before the paralyzed, the spiritually paralyzed, who cannot walk, who cannot pray, who cannot speak, who cannot do anything of God because they do not know God. They need a supernatural touch of God. But only we can take Christ to them. Look at verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their in their hearts. There are a lot of people in Christendom. All they do is sit there and reason in their hearts. Criticize, gossip, discussion, discussion, discussion. They do not lift a single finger to bring Jesus to somebody. They just sit there and occupy space. Just sit there and occupy space. They don't even pray, Lord, make me a witness. Lord, make me a witness. Yes, I see, I saw a vision. He saw heavens open. He saw the ancient of days seated in glory. He saw the train of his robe fill the temple. And he said, I am a man of unclean lips. Yes, the seraphim brought hot coals and cleansed his lips. And God just casually said, who is there for us? He said, me. I will be there. I will go. Yes, scribes. They got they know a lot of stuff in their head. But they're sitting there doing nothing. There were tons of people over there sitting there, crowding the room, blocking the doorway. Blocking the doorway and occupying the seats of those who genuinely need a touch from Jesus Christ. They are the ones who are blocking. The need is outside. The paralytic is outside. Nobody will make way. They don't care. They don't care. 
I mean, think about it. They don't care. Four people have carried and brought. They don't care. What are you, what are you here for? No, we, have, we came to see the spectacle. Will you just give us a no? No. So there is this crowd who is sitting over there. And then there is four men. And the question God asking us today is, which group do you belong? The sitting crowd or the desperate crowd? Desperate crowd. Verse 5 says, When Jesus saw their faith, Jesus saw their faith. Only God needs to see our faith. Man may not see it. But faith is not invisible to God. God sees faith. God sees faith. When Jesus saw their faith. The question, next question we need to ask ourselves is, can my faith be seen by God? Forget man. Leave man out of it. Can our faith be seen by God? Many of you got baptized last week. It was seen. It was a visible sign. A sign of obedience to the command of God. Believe and be baptized. You got baptized. It was visible. But does God see you desperate after that? Does God see you praying? Desperately? Desperation in your prayer? Does God see? Man doesn't have to see. Like I said, man doesn't have to see. Man seeing makes no difference. He will just give you a title. Oh, he's a praying man. What difference is going to make? If God doesn't see your prayer. Oh, he's a man of faith. What difference is going to make if God doesn't move the mountain? We don't want man to see. We want God to see. What do you think the people saw? The owner must be, how dare he break my roof? Okay, he must have taken his calculator of, Judai calculator of those days. Okay, let me see how we can make some money out of it. This It cost me this many shekels to get it done. I will charge him double to fix it. The Sadducees and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law must be upset because a few dust fell into their eyes and messed up their winsome robes. The delicate among them must have been dusting themselves. Jesus wasn't bothered by any. Most of the dust fell on him. Because it was right directly above him. He was not bothered. He's not bothered by the dust and the mud and the junk that falls on him when we are breaking the roof to reach out to him. He is not bothered. He says, you can throw every dirt you have on me if you are trying to reach me. I am not offended. I am excited. Because every time we confess, that's what we are doing. We are taking the filth of our life and throwing on him. And he's not upset. He's excited. He said, come, come, do not stop. Come to me, come to me, come to me. This is what I was waiting for. Come to me, break that roof. Break that roof and come to me, come to me. Does God see the desperation? God see the desperation in your life, in your prayer life. 
Acts chapter 9 and verse 11. And the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. He was desperate. He had an encounter. Heart is broken. Lord, are you the one I was fighting all these days? He genuinely loved the God of Israel and he had no clue all these days he was fighting the God of Israel. It's a broken man, blind man. He hasn't eaten from that moment. He has not come out of that room after that moment. He's sitting there and crying out to God, Lord, have mercy on me. And God says, I see, I'm going to break that roof for him. Ananias, go to that street, go to that house. That is my man. Lay your hands upon him. Let his sight be recovered and tell him, you are my chosen vessel. You know why? Desperation in your prayer closet will break open the doors of your prayer closet. The Lord himself will come in. Are we desperate enough? Mark chapter 5 and verse 30. Three zero. Jesus, immediately knowing himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? You know how desperate that lady was? How desperate she was to break every law in the law book? This is what the law book called her. And she has no chance of coming anywhere near him. Embarrassing for her to tell what her sickness is. Even if she can get somewhere close in front of him. How does a woman tell her this is my disease in the front of this crowd? And that to kosher crowd. She was desperate. How she managed to squeeze through that crowd, fight through that crowd, crawl on her knees and touch the hem of his robe. We have no clue. You know what? She was desperate. You know what he called her? Daughter. Do you know what he called him? Son. God loves his desperate sons and his daughters. He says, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and labor. Fight your way through the crowds. The crowds are not your friends. The crowds are your enemies. Crowds will gather for anything. One day, Hosanna to the son of David. Next day, crucify him. Don't follow the crowd. Follow the master. Press through the crowd. And reach out and touch him. Reach out and come to him. Luke chapter 19 and verse 5. And Jesus came to that place. He looked up. And saw him. He looked up. Huge crowd. Massive crowd in Jericho. Spirit of God is telling him, look up. He looks up. Spirit of God tells him, his name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down. How desperate can a man get if he's the chief income tax commissioner of Jericho to climb a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus? Just a glimpse. I just want to see him. I just want to see him. That's all. I just want to see him. 
in his desperation because he was a small short man and nobody would make a room for him as such they hate tax collectors even if there was space and even if they could have they said Zacchaeus is there don't give him any space block him block him it is like the penalty kick in a football match everybody standing blocking Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus is like Maradona four feet nothing Without the skills of Maradona. His skills was not in the football ground. His skills was in climbing trees. It was a naturally acquired gift. Because he had made many people climb trees. By taxing them fiercely. And Jesus saw him. He looked up. And he saw him. What's that brother's name or Newsmax? Mark Kelly? Greg, Greg Kelly, yeah. I'm cracking some of the jokes for him because he wrote to me last week saying, Pastor James, I love your sense of humor. Okay. God is stretching us. People you would never believe and think are listening to the sermons. All around. They are listening. Okay. Stretching us. We just... We don't want to be recognized by the world who are desperate in every field. He will open doors without us having to do anything. But the thing is, how desperate are you in your prayer closet? How desperate are you? In your Does it show? See, man doesn't have to see. Even today, you don't have to have a voice, not even Move your breath. Move your lips. Make utter a sound. God has to see. Because man may look at senses. And you are ashamed at this time of the hour to be drunk. But God knows the desperation of Hannah's heart. So he uses a dumb and a blind priest to prophesy over her. God will answer you. And she gets a baby in her desperation. That's what God is talking about. Remember the man at the pool at Bethsaida? Nobody saw him. He was sitting in a crowd of cripples. This one cripple in a crowd, that was a crowd of cripples and Jesus saw him. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't miss anybody who is desperate. How long? 38 years. Do you want to get well? Lord, you know, I've been waiting here for 38 years. Every time the angel comes and moves the water, somebody else is desperate. And you haven't left yet? No. Nope. Why are you here? How long? 38. Why? I'm desperate for my miracle. I'm not going to give up. How long? 38 years. Who has waited 38 days? Who has waited 38 months? This man is sitting there for his miracle for 38 years. The Lord comes and touches him. Can go. You are healed. There are certain things in life you never give up fighting for. But they are worth fighting for. You never give up on that. A lot of people give up so easy, so fast. They quit so easily. God says, don't. Don't. 
when the right time comes, I will know when you are desperate enough. I will come. And I won't pass you by. I won't pass you by. The Spirit of God won't pass you by. Instead, He will come to you like a guided missile directly to you, touch you and walk away. Leave the rest of the crowd. The Spirit of God will see that you don't miss the eyes of God. There will be a thousand eyes fixed on Him. He will drop your case right before the eyes of the Son of God who is standing before the Father, interceding for millions of people, the Spirit of God drops your request right before him and says, Son, this is the request. He will break the roof and drop your request right before him at the appointed time because he misses nothing. He looks for the desperation of people's hearts. How desperate are you for a touch of God? You heard about Jesus, but how desperate are you for a touch from Jesus? That's how the narrative begins. They heard about Jesus. And they came from everywhere. But only one man and his four friends were desperate. Let's go back to verse 5 and see what Jesus says. Son, your sins are forgiven. The Lord of the word will never break the order of the word which the Lord himself wrote. Son, Your sins are forgiven. That's not what you came for. You came for your healing. Psalm 103. And verse 3. He forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. That's the order. That's the order. We think, Lord, I need healing. God says, no son. That's for your outer body. You need forgiveness for your iniquities first. What is inside is eternal. What is outside is temporary. Even if your leg doesn't get healed, you can still make it to heaven if your soul is whole. But I have come to make both well. But first your soul. We put such a premium on the outward. God puts a premium on the inward. We want healing. We want breakthroughs. We want promotion. We want this, that, everything. That is connected with the outward world. God says, but are your sins forgiven? Is your name in the books, Lamb's book of life? Are your sins forgiven? And the first thing he asks, today there's a table here. And the first question he asks is, we're going to come to the table. You have so many prayer requests. Are your sins forgiven? Have you confessed? Have you pleaded the blood? Because you have an advocate in heaven. If you confess, he is faithful and the blood of Jesus cleanses of all unrighteousness. God is a God of all. All. He forgives all your iniquities. We will cling on this. Who heals all your diseases. God says, no, that is not the important part. The important part is that all your iniquities, every sin, every iniquity, if you repent and you confess, God says, I will forgive you. Don't change God's order in God's house. Because the spiritual comes first. We are spiritual beings. The spiritual comes first before the physical. And if the physical comes before the spiritual, you are still crippled inside. And most of the people in the world who look smart and handsome and tall and rich and well-doing are all cripples inside. Crippled by sin. 
crippled by iniquity, have no power to decide their course to heaven. Headed on the way to hell. Outwardly fantastic. Inside they are all cripples. Paralyzed. Absolutely paralyzed inside. The spirit is paralyzed. The spirit is dead. Sometimes we need to realize. You may need a healing in your marriage. You may need a healing in your workplace. You may need healing in some area of your life. But first, you need forgiveness. Forgiveness. You need forgiveness. We jump the line and say, heal me. God says, if I don't forgive your sins and I heal you, very soon you will be back in the same bed. Remember what he told the man at Pulat Bedshedda? Don't sin again. Something worse will happen to you. Something worse. We need forgiveness. First and foremost. Maybe we need to, to forgive somebody. That's why we are paralyzed. Our ears are paralyzed. We never hear from God. Our eyes are paralyzed. We never see the beauty of God or or of his kingdom. We never appreciate. Therefore we are not able to treasure. Our minds are paralyzed. Therefore we are never able to retain the word that we hear. While we retain every junk in the world. We memorize. We can quote it. We can smoke it. And release it like rings in the air. But the word of God. No. Maybe our minds are paralyzed. Because we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness. Remember the power of God is always present where Jesus is. Power to heal. Power to forgive. Power to set captives free. Only two things that blocks. One is unforgiveness. And the other is unbelief. Unforgiveness. And unbelief. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 6, the Bible says, He marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled. He couldn't do anything there. The power of God was still present. The same power. The complete power of God. In Him dwelt the fullness of God. Think about it in a human body. The fullness of God. How do you think about this? Only possible with Jesus. Think about this. Okay, It's a kosher uh, flask. It says, Jesus, giver of living water. Okay, Think about this. Think about this. If it is possible for man, take the whole ocean and put it into this. Is it possible? But in him, in the physical body when he came, the fullness of God dwelt. The God who created the oceans was in him, in his fullness. And what does the word say? He couldn't do nothing because of their unbelief. Two things. Unforgiveness and unbelief. So to take the UN out. UN. UN should be disbanded first, but take this UN also out. Unbelief to belief. Unforgiveness to forgiveness. And you will see the power of God flowing into our lives. Power of God. Flowing into our lives. 
Because sin can paralyze a person, both physically and spiritually. It paralyzes your feet that you do not move spiritually anymore. It paralyzes your hands that your spiritual hands never rise in prayer, praise, and there is no victory. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. You shall trample upon snakes and scorpions and they shall by no means harm you. But your feet are paralyzed. How are you going to trample on anything when you have to be carried by others? You have no power to trample. You know why? Because your feet are paralyzed. You know what we need? We need forgiveness of sins. As simple as that. We need to fight unbelief. Son, your sins are forgiven. Are you getting it? This is why Jesus taught us to pray. You know, Jesus, see, we say in English, prevention is better than cure. Right? Not all prevention, like the vaccine. Okay? Okay, leave the vaccine alone. This virus will go away on its own. Its own. Okay? Our state is the best state in India. No compulsion for anything. People are living happily and merrily in the midst of COVID. Honestly, I appreciate KCR for not doing any COVID drama here. Other states, you need to see what is happening. In Kerala state, the government has given instructions to the police At least 490 cases should be brought each day. Petty cases for not wearing mask or anything so that the money can come into the government revenue. No drama here. Mask or no mask, it's your problem. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I love it. So prevention is better than cure. Just wash your hands if you remember. <laughs> as far as possible. If you wipe, wipe your nose. Don't wipe somebody's nose. <laughs> okay. Prevention is better than cure. You know what Jesus said? Prevention for sin. He said, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the power of the evil one. What is the power of the evil one? Temptation. Power of the evil one is temptation. James chapter 1 verses 12 to 15. This is what he said. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, enticed. And when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth, in today's um, context, brings forth paralysis. Full grown, paralytic, for how many years, we do not know. Thank God he had four resilient, faithful friends. The roof is broken, he's let down. The Lord looks at him and says, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins had come full grown, almost. It just a little gap left between you and death. Before death came in, I'm setting you free. Your sins are forgiven. 
lot of people did not have that privilege. They died before their sins were forgiven. This man is privileged. We look at his healing. No, that's not the big thing. He was forgiven. See, in our temporal eyes, we will look, oh, hallelujah, Lord, a paralytic, God have walked and God, God says, you know what heaven is excited about? It's not what earth is excited about. Heaven is excited when every sinner is forgiven and is saved. Earth is excited when they see miracles. Heaven is excited when they see salvation. Because one is temporary, the other is eternal. Son, you are. The sins are forgiven. You need to realize something that is happening over there. You know what? This is something we need to understand about Jesus. In that room, there are only two people as far as Jesus is concerned. He and that man. Nobody else. Not the crowd. He doesn't see the crowd. He doesn't acknowledge the crowd. Just two people. He and him. Son, your sins are forgiven. Let me tell you again. Whenever you come into the presence of God, into the house of God, there should be only two people. You and him. Fellowship is all after. You and him. You and him. You will hear him speak to you. Learn to cut the crowd out. Learn to do it. Lord, put spiritual blinkers in my eyes that I see no one in your house, only you. That I'm captivated by the beauty of your presence. I'm struck by awe. Open the eyes of my heart that I may behold your glory, your goodness. And we pray for you. As we do every day, when we pray for you, one of my prayers is that, Lord, hide your people in the cleft of the rock and cause your goodness to pass over them each day. Let them see your goodness and fall in love with you. See, the whole world has been messed up by the enemy so that we only look at the outward and we say, oh, she's beautiful, he's handsome. It's all outward, 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 outward. We never see the goodness of people as genuine beauty. And we get the same image and we say, oh, I'm waiting to see him. One glimpse of him, yet his goodness is passing before us every day and we never behold his beauty. Wasn't he good? 31 plus 6 days, 37 days, wasn't he good? Anybody in the ICU? Anybody? Anybody hungry? Anybody clothless? You know, in how many churches in this city I know how many members, including their pastors, are in the ICU with COVID? In the ICU? I'm not saying they're sinners or anything. I'm just saying, can you just see that his goodness has come and passed before us? And because our eyes are so carnal, we are not able to behold his beauty. Just two people in that room. The Lord and his son. He doesn't see anybody. He's talking to him. And you have to come like that. I'm going to the house of God today. He will speak to me. He will speak to me. As I'm the only one in the room. He will speak to me. Savior and the sinner. 
prepared like that. Get past the crowds. If you have to break the roof, break the roof. Don't give up. Because faith is always now. Hope is tomorrow. Faith is now. The friends did not give up. The woman did not give up. Jesus never gives up. You know that? God never gives up on us. We give up on him. He never gives up on us. In Mark chapter 5, verse 35 and 36, when everyone gave up, he didn't give up. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Just believe. Don't block me. I can bring your child back, but don't block me by your unbelief. Don't block me. It's I who gave you the free will to block me. Don't use your free will to block me. I stand by what I have given you. If you use your free will to block me, I will stay away. Do not be afraid. Just believe. Jesus did not give up when everybody gave up. Jesus did not. The child is dead. Whatever in your life you are fighting for looks dead. God says it's not dead. It's not dead. It's just asleep. I can wake it up. I can bring it back to life. All you have to do after that is feed it so that it continues in the new life that I have given. That's all you have to do. He never gives up. We give up. God never gives up. Because he's determined for the sake of his children to bring any situation that looks dead back to life. Any situation that looks paralyzed to bring back to wholeness again. Only question is how desperate are we? Verse 7 and 8. Mark 2, 7 and 8. Why did this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? You know what, even now, Jesus reads your thoughts. He knows what you are thinking. You may be sitting here staring at me, but he knows what you are thinking. He sees, he reads our thoughts, he hears our words, he sees our actions. Nothing in heaven on earth is hidden from him. Even the motives and the intentions of our heart is laid bare before him. They are thinking. And he's reading their thoughts. Why do you think like this? To some of you, God is asking, why do you think like this? Why do you think like this? Why do you think like this? In other words, he's telling them, you know why you are not able to progress any further? It's your thought life. It's your thought life that is crippling you. Because it all begins in the mind. You're crippled in your thought life. Your thinking is wrong. It stinks. Why do you think like this? 
That's what he asks. Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Son, your sin is forgiven. There are many forgiven sinners in the kingdom of God. Still they are paralyzed. Because they haven't heard the next words of Jesus. In verse 10 and 11. But that you know, you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive since he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Not forgiven sinners. I believe everyone sitting here who has genuinely repented, confessed, is forgiven. That is, does not mean you are not paralyzed. It's the second word he speaks. Forgiven from your sins does not mean made whole in Christ. What did he say? He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise. The question is, how can a paralytic arise? Because you put your trust in what he has said. You have to. You have to. Faith without works is dead. He's lying in his bed. He mutter. Put one foot down. This man with a withered hand. Stretch forth your hand. He's never stretched his hand for years and years. Straight. You obey the command. Arise. Arise. Some of you need to rise up in your mind. Arise. Arise. You are not meant to be a slave to your father-in-law in Haran. Like Jacob to Laban. Arise and go to the land I have promised to your forefather. Your father. That's your possession and your descendants forever. Arise out of the slavery and move to sonship. Are you forgiven? Yes. How are you living like a son? No. You're living like a slave. Arise. Arise. And do what? Pick up your bed or mat. Other translations will call it. It's okay. It's either way. Mat is a bed. A bed is a mat. Comfort level may be different. (laughs) It's interesting. In the Bible, when you read to all these paralyzed people who are paralyzed, bedridden, he tells them to get up and pick their bed. Wouldn't you find it funny if I were to tell you, all of you, pick up your chair and go? (laughs) Elsie will come. Elsa will come running after you. It's my chair. Leave your chair. But this is, imagine this is your chair. And you were carried and put in there. And the first thing the Lord says, arise and not go. Arise and pick up your mat. Why does God always want these paralyzed people who are made well to carry their mats? What is that you are lying on that God wants you to pick up today? Sin is what crippled you. But the mat is where the cripple finds his comfort. Sin is what crippled you. 
Matt is what? The cripple finds his comfort. Okay, of course, we don't call it Matt today. We have nice names for it. God says, pick up your mat. We have other names for it. God says, don't lie on it anymore. Every cripple has a mat. You are alcoholic. You are workaholic. You are shopaholic. You are eataholic. You are gossipaholic. You are sleepaholic. You are sexaholic. You are pornaholic. You are cookaholic. These are all your maths. Because you are depressed. You are looking for a place of comfort. And depression is the current major pandemic that is sweeping the world. Even within the church. Depression is bigger than COVID-19. COVID-19 is something that affects your body. Depression is affecting your mind. And you know what? All those who are depressed have a mat on which they lie. They find their comfort in it. It could be something as good and noble as work. But work, you are not controlling your work. Work is controlling you. You're a workaholic. You know why? That's your mat. You're alcoholic. You're a movie-holic. can watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. And you know it is not about entertainment. That's your way of escape. You have been paralyzed, crippled by sin, which you haven't yet dealt with. And you know what? You cannot escape that guilt and the pressure it brings and you don't have the courage or you don't want to handle it. So you find a way of escape. You do all kind of things. Maybe all you do is sit before the computer and you don't have the money to shop. Though. Just go through, go through, go through, go Just go through. That's what people do. They just... God has given you life. Life is equal to time. You just want to kill time. But when you kill time, you're killing your own life. That's what people do. That's why he tells all the paralyzed, pick up your mat and walk. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. These are all excuses. We want alcoholics to be delivered. We want drug addicts to be delivered. You want this people to deliver. You know what? It's not going to come until you address the sin issue. We have seen people being delivered like this. But you know what? First, they had to deal with what Jesus dealt with. You need to go to the core issue, your sin, and deal with it. Once you have dealt with it and handed it over to him, you are forgiven, you have, forgi- you have forgiven and he has forgiven, that is over. De-addiction is very fast. You don't need nine steps and ten steps and left two steps. Just two steps. What is that? Sin should be forgiven. Second step, arise, pick up a mat and go home and do something worthwhile. Don't waste your time. You are not called for this. You are called for something greater and higher. The Bible says in verse 12, he got up. Immediately he arose. That's what the people saw. What Jesus saw was something else. As soon he said, son, your sins are forgiven. He rose up inside first. He rose inside. The chains were broken inside. It fell off. He was rising up inside. And then he rose outside. We are excited by the outside. 
excited by the outside. Jesus is excited by the inside. Then he got up outside and he walked out. Went out in the presence of them all. So they were all amazed and glorified saying, we never saw anything like this. Look at the parallel portion in 5.25. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, departed to his own house, glorifying God. There's where the crowd glorified. Here it says he glorified God. In verse 26, they all glorified what does verse 26 says? And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. But their glorification of God and his glorification of God are two different glorifications. He has experienced the hand of God in his life. They have seen the hand of God on somebody else's life. But both groups glorified God. Do you see that? Four friends and an act of faith. Redeemed a sinner, healed a cripple, and brought glory to God. That's what we are called to do. As simple as that. What are we called to do? Redeem the sinner, heal those who are paralyzed because of their sin, bring glory to God. That's simple. You shall be my witnesses wherever you go. So the question is, how desperate are you today? How desperate? Are you desperate? Because the power of the Lord is present. Like I said, there are only two things that block. Sin. And sin is what God says is sin. Doesn't matter what nice label world puts on it. Sin is always sin. There's only one who has the power to forgive sins. The one who paid the price for sins. Nobody else can pay. Say you are forgiven. Because he paid the price. So he can say forgiven. You will ask him how, how can you forgive? Because I paid the price. I paid the price. So this morning, let us ask this question. How desperate am I? Every door may be blocked. Every window may look blocked. The question is, are you willing to break some roof? God is willing. God is always willing. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing? And if you are free, but you have a friend who is paralyzed, are you like one of his four friends? Lord, I have this friend. I have this person in my life whom I really care for. She's been good to me. He's been good to me. But he's paralyzed. Lord, I want to bring that person to you. Every door seems to be blocked. Every window seems to be shut. Nothing seems to be happening. But Lord, I heard your word today. I'm going to break some roofs today. It doesn't matter who I offend. I don't care who I offend. I'm so desperate for somebody else's sake. You know, there was a man like that. His name was Jonathan. 
he was David's true friend. He was willing to offend his father, the king, if needed to be killed by his father. But you know what? He said, I am going to risk my neck for my friend. That's why he wept and he cried when Jonathan died. He said, nobody loved me. Nobody loved me like Jonathan loved me. He was prince. He was the next king in line. But you know what? He was a friend more true than a brother. My brothers turned against me. My friends have abandoned me. My soldiers picked up stones to throw at me. But you know Jonathan? Jonathan, he laid down his ground for me. And he risked his neck for me. One time his father, Jonathan's father, the king, even tried to kill Jonathan because he stood up for David. Who can have a friend like Jonathan? Therefore, after all his victories, when he's king over Jerusalem, his first statement is, is there anybody left from the household of Saul to whom I can show mercy, kindness for the sake of Jonathan? When I was weak, he was strong. He showed kindness. Now I am strong and his household is weak. I'm going to show kindness to his house. He stuck to Jonathan. David did, which no king will ever do. He's king. He's king. And he takes the grandson of the previous king and makes him sit at his table. Half the country can think that guy is the rightful heir to the throne, not you. His father was the king. You usurped the throne. They could think it is a threat to his kingdom. He said, no. He's not a threat to any kingdom. He will sit at my table all the days of his life and eat like a prince. You know why? Because when I was paralyzed, his father carried me. Now that he is crippled, he is paralyzed. He will sit like a prince at my table. That's what God is asking. God is willing. God is willing. God is always willing. <clears throat> Never doubt God's sight. One of the things I'll tell you over and over again. Never ask God, are you willing? <laughs> God says, of course I'm willing. What did I send my son for? Which father would allow his son to die for such a death if he wasn't willing? Remember, Jesus comes down the mountain and the worst case scenario, a leper, leper comes and kneels before him and says, Lord, are you willing? He says, of course I am willing. And he touched him. Touched him. You are only asking for a word. He gives us much more that we can think or ask for. What did you ask for a word? Be healed. Jesus touched him. Who would touch a leper? Nobody will touch a leper except God. A sinner will not touch another sinner. He looks down and says, I am righteous, you are a sinner. But the holy God will touch a sinner who cries out to him. That's the difference between the living God who is holy and pure and the gods of this world. Remember, it happened in this country in a particular state, in a particular temple where only men were allowed to go and one lady managed to squeeze in through the crowd dressed as a man and she went there and she worshipped that idol. 
Once the news came out, immediately for the next seven days, all rituals were going on to cleanse the idol of impurity of a woman approaching it. Here the living God who is holy and pure is touching a leper. He doesn't become less unholy. The leper becomes clean. That's the difference. The leper becomes clean. God never becomes unclean. By touching us, we become clean. So don't be ever afraid to go to this holy God. He will make you clean. He will cleanse you through and through. He will make you pure and holy like him. He will frame your words and your thoughts and your actions in such a way that you will become righteous like him. That's his entire agenda. As many as he has chosen, he has predestined that he should be conformed to the image of his son. You know what an image is? Chati. Take a seal. It's exact copy of what is. That's what he says. This is my plan for you. Not just to save you. To transform you that everyone has the very image of God himself. That's what the devil told. He told half truth and half lie. God doesn't want you to eat from that tree. Because if you eat, you will be like God. You should have told the full truth. God wants you to eat from the other tree. If you eat that, you will be exactly like God, the tree of life. That is what he's feeding us every day. That's why he said, my word is spirit and life to everyone who receives it. When you receive his word and act on faith and do what he demands, you and I are being transformed into the very image of God himself. Not in power, not in omniscience, not in omnipresence, but in nature. Going back to the likeness of God. He's willing. He's willing. He's willing. Never, never, never discount. Last verse and then we'll go to communion. There was a man whom God loved. He didn't love God. He didn't even know about God. God loved him when he was in his mother's womb. Do you know that's true about all of us? All who were predestined to be saved. God loved us even if we were formed in our mother's womb. He loved us. And he loved us with an everlasting love. Mothers will only love when the movement starts. When you start throwing up and, oh, I've conceived a baby. That's when love begins. God's love begins before conception. Even before you're formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And when you're formed in, it was not your father or your mother or all the things the dietitian gave. It is I who knit you together. I watched over you. You will say, oh, you watched over my going out and coming in. No, every movement in the womb, I watched over you. He who touches you, touches the apple of mine eye. Yesterday to a broken child who wrote from US saying that 20 years I have been abused as a girl. I am very fearful. I said, how do you fight fear? You meditate on the love of God. Perfect love casts away all fear. Go through the Bible and see how much God loves you. And he really, really loves you. And we don't go there and find satisfaction of our soul. And we are looking in every place for love. And ultimately we become addicts. Because human love does not satisfy us. But there is an emptiness in us which has to be filled with something. So we do something and add to it holic. Alcoholic, drugaholic, shopaholic, workaholic. Pornaholic, sexaholic, cookaholic, that's some 
women from morning till night it is cooking cooking thadang 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 martha 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 mary is at peace you have to ask ultimately looking at this picture but it says mary had seven demons but she looks acts demonic she is sitting at peace but martha what's the problem with you you know why because you don't find your rest with god god is not calling us to do anything the first call is come to me come to me find your rest in me every day morning when you try to wake up in the morning that's the most i i i regret all these years i slept late i was thinking lord what did i miss i wish my timetable had been different that every morning i woke up at 3:30 all these years instead of the past few months how wonderful it is to wake up early in the morning when everybody is sleeping when the dogs are asleep it's absolutely silent nothing moving it's just you and god nobody else you can hear it so clearly no distractions god is willing so there was a man whom god loved right from his mother's womb he loved him and this man was on the run everything was blocked for him every door every window everything read to that listen to that Genesis 28 verses 11 to 13 So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set literally the sun had set on him it was absolute pitch darkness nothing running away from your father's house not going where you are going and this is not a run of faith this is a run of fear Abraham also went without knowing where he was going but Jacob is going without knowing where he is going he knows where he is going but he has no clue where he is going This is a walk of faith and a walk of fear. Walk of faith does not know where you are going, but he knows exactly who is taking you. The walk of fear does not even know who is taking you. You don't know even know where you are going. You are pushed by fear. You are driven by demons. He's running. Every door seems to be closed. Every window seems to be closed. He is in absolute close that. sunset is talking about his state of mind also is absolutely depressed discouraged defeated but one man hasn't given up on him who is that the son of man god hasn't given up on him you know what when every door and every window was shut god opened the roof and stepped down that's what the bible says he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head think for a minute which man has run from a house does he doesn't have even have a jola a bag a cloth bag carrying his clothes He doesn't even have something soft to put under his pillow. He's putting a stone under his pillow. Has anybody here slept with a stone under his pillow? Even when I, for the sake of the Lord, slept in platforms and in stone seats in railway station, pitch this thing, I had at least my bag to put under my head. This man doesn't even have a bag to put under his head. He's put a stone under his head. And you know what the Bible says? Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to heaven. what does it mean the ladder was put down from heaven down to earth the roof is broken and what does he see and angels of god were ascending and descending on it what is word and behold the lord stood above it and said i am the lord god of abraham your father the god of isaac the land on which you lie i will give it to you and your descendants You go back home, take one of your Bibles, look at the side notes. It says here the Lord stood above it. It says that the Lord stood beside him. You know what it means? 
the Lord broke the roof and he descended down to earth and stood before this man and he said, you are depressed, you are dark, you are discouraged, but you have no clue or an idea what I am planning to do with you. He says the same thing to every one of us. He breaks heaven and he comes down to us. Don't quit because he never quits on us. Never, ever quits on us. And today, as we come to the communion table, I want the elders to come, the worship him to come. The table itself, Jesus said, every time you come together around the table, do this in remembrance of my death. You know what? This is the proof he would never quit on us. This is to the extreme God went to say that, I love you. And I will not give up on you. I will not give up on you. So this morning, as we come to the table, ask this question. Lord, even that you can pray. He understand. Lord, make me desperate for you. He's the author of our faith, right? So go to him and say, Lord, shall we pray? Father, this morning, we come to you, Lord. This is a table that brings healing. This is a table that brings strength. This is a table that brings an awakening, O oh Lord. I pray, Father, today as your children partake of this, the emblems of your body and the blood of your son, where they're taking it here in the church, or in the privacy of their homes around the world, Father, I pray the power, the strength, the healing, the virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ will flow into their lives. Their bodies will be healed. Their souls will be made whole. The paralyzed will rise. They will pick up their mat and they will walk because the power of the Lord is present in His house to heal. Let people reach out touch you by faith, Lord, as they partake of it, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we sing that song, Waymaker? Come, let's stand. Where there is no way, he makes a way. He breaks roofs and makes a way. Okay. It looked impossible that day. But you know he's a way maker. He made a way on the roof for a paralytic. Who would ever think the paralytic should come through on a stretcher through the doorway, right? But God says, I'll make a way for him from the roof so that he will come right in front of the Savior. Yes, Peter. Let's sing.
today if you believe that's who he is we may think it's the four friends of that paralyzed man who broke the roof and let him down let me tell you no it was the spirit of god who moved them to do that he is the way maker he is the one who made a way where there seems to be no way he is still the same he never changes he is the same yesterday today and forever whatever you are struggling with ramba he is still the way maker he is still the way maker still the way maker go through the word and jacob thought everything was over he didn't even realize god was just beginning with him when israel thought everything was over caught between the red sea and the pharaoh's army they did not even realize god was just opening going to open up the sea and then close it behind them and the enemies that pursued them would never see them again he is the way maker he is the way maker But the question is he is desperate for us are we desperate for him look at the cross look at the cross he's desperate for us the prodigal son may have forgotten him he must be feasting with his friends he must have gone down the road and sitting with the pigs but every day at the appointed time the prodigal son's father is waiting and he is watching because he is desperate for his son to come back there was not a day that left since he left the father was in looking for his son to come back the son was not desperate the father was and one day the son was desperate and he arose He picked up his mat and he walked to his father's house and from far away his father saw him father saw him God is desperate for us desperate for us the Samaritan woman was desperate she had no water in her house but she was so embarrassed to go during the morning or the evening but she was desperate for water so at the midday hour when the sun was blazing she took her pot and she walked to the well she did not know there was somebody who was more desperate than her waiting for there at the well that's my god that's your god is more desperate for us than we are for him the whole day's ministry so tired and worn out he was asleep in the boat in the midst of a storm because he was desperate for a man who was living among the tombs who was breaking his chains because he was completely demon possessed who would be desperate for a man like that other than my jesus and your jesus do you believe today do you believe today would you break that roof Would you throw those tiles away? Would you make way and come down? Let nothing and nobody stop you because he will forgive you. He will set you free. And like that man, you can walk from this hall today. You can walk from this place today. You can walk from this place today made whole. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. 
from every oppression from that spirit of addiction you can walk free today from the spirit of anger you can walk free today from the spirit of depression you can walk free today he is not ashamed of you he is not he is proud of you you are a child of god he is proud of you doesn't matter how far deep you have slunk yes you may be sitting with the pigs yes you may be hungry and hoping to eat something from the pigs well but he is not ashamed of you a son is a son forever you may be embarrassed of coming to the father the father is not embarrassed to grant to you believe the seventh day the first sunday of the second day second month is the day and this is the hour of your deliverance believe 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 arise as he told that man your son your sins are forgiven arise pick up your mat and walk free can go from the house of god today glorifying god you too can sing he touched my body he touched my mind he saved me right on time believe believe today believe children believe it is not over it is not dead your life is not finished your marriage is not over your business is not done the way maker is here Yes the earth beneath you feels like brass because the stone under your head the pillow feels like a stone but he has come down he has broken heaven he has stepped down from his throne he has come down that the divine ladder he's standing beside you and giving you a hope and an appointed end he's telling you today the plans that i have for you are good God has no bad plan for any of his children. Let go. Let go. Whatever you have to let go of, let go. Let God take it away. I take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I bind every power of darkness. every spirit of oppression everything that holds god's people captive i command it to leave in jesus name be set free in jesus name be made whole in jesus name you can step from your seat and come to the front you want the way maker to come into your life you can come to the front doesn't matter what issue is maybe maybe something small something big you can come to the front the way maker is here the lord of heaven has come down to earth he knows you he knows your situation he knows what's happening in your life he knows what's happening in your home he knows what's happening in your school he knows what is happening in your business he knows he knows he knows and he says i am for you I am not against you. I am not against you. I am for you. I am for you. Touch Lord today. Touch Lord. Touch your children today Lord. Touch 
Touch Lord. Touch Father. People online watching. Touch them Lord. Drug addicts are being set free. Pins are being set free. You are no longer a prostitute. I command that spirit, that lying spirit, that deceiving spirit to leave you in Jesus name. You are not that. For he has set you free. He has set you free. He has set you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Pick up your mat and walk. For whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Believe. Believe in your mind. Believe in your mind. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are forgiven. For the Lord God says, who is that that condemns? For the Lord himself is he who justifies. There is none who can condemn you before God. Because the Son of God justifies you. Walk free today. Walk whole today. Walk healed today. Walk delivered today. I speak healing over bodies. I speak wholeness over minds. I speak reconciliation in marriages and in homes. Touch Lord. Touch your people. Touch wombs Lord. Let every barren womb who are desperate women Lord. Married women who are desperate Lord. There are desperate women who are watching and crying Lord. Let today be the day that you touch their womb oh Lord. You will turn their sorrow into joy. Their mourning into laughing oh Lord. Touch wombs today Lord. Touch the babies who are in the wombs Lord. Touch them Lord. Let this babies whom you formed in the mother's womb know that I have loved you I have chosen you in your mother's womb you are holy and set apart for me let your children hear a God let your children hear a God today is the day of the Lord today is the day of God's deliverance it is not over it is not over the way maker is in our midst and the way maker is with you. People in the US. Depressed, discouraged because of what happened. It is not over. It is not over. Eyes haven't seen or ears heard. What, what God is going to do on planet earth. You haven't seen yet. Every revival that has happened in the past 2000 years. Will not compare to what God is going to do in this last days. Because it looks as darkness has won. That is because you haven't seen the light. It is coming from coast to coast. From nation to nation. From continent to continent. The spirit of God is getting ready to move. God is going to have a harvest like never seen. His barns won't be big enough to fill the people that are coming in. Oh in your desperation nations cry out the way maker is here the lord of harvest is ready he is going to send his laborers out and the laborers that he's going to send out are not like the world has ever seen they'll be simple men and simple women the uneducated the unknown the unseen he's preparing them in the wilderness like he prepared david in the wilderness
Oh, Saul is sitting in the throne. The man of flesh is sitting on the throne. The man of darkness is sitting on the throne. But the anointed ones are being prepared in the desert. Their hands are being prepared for war. Their fingers for battle. And they will arise. God's army will arise on earth. God's army will arise on earth. And I believe, oh Lord, many here standing today will be part of God's army, oh Lord, in these last days. Many listening over the world will become part of God's army of those last days, oh Lord. It is coming. It is coming. It is coming. God, God will move. One more time, He will move like He has never moved. The former and the latter reign together. Be patient, God's servants. God's people, be patient. The way maker is here. He has broken the roof. And he knows you by name. He knows you by name. Those who cannot walk have been brought into his presence. Those who could walk have climbed to the tree. Those who have been brought to him, he knows you. Those who have climbed up the trees, he knows you by name. Whether you are poor or rich, it does not matter. He knows you by name. Those who are desperate in their clo- in their closet, in their darkness, crying out to the Lord day and night. The Lord is telling you, I know you. Behold, he is praying. Behold, she is praying. I know you. At my appointed time, my spirit will fall upon you. And your destiny and your purpose for you will be very clear. I hear your cry. I hear your cry. The Lord God of Israel hears your cry. He hears our cry. Oh Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you. We just want to glorify you, Lord. I come in the church here and all our churches and all those who are watching, all your churches, Lord, into thy hands, oh Father. That nail-pierced hands, that faithful hands, that friend that sticks closer to a brother, a brother who is a friend and a friend who is a brother. Oh Lord, you will never let go of us. You will never let go of us. We know that, Lord. All we can say is, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All we can do is lift up holy hands and bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Declare you are the Lord God of Israel. My God, our God. And he will go before us. He will make every crooked path straight. He will fill every deep valley. He will bring every mountain down. He will make every rough path smooth. So that people will see in us the glory and the testimony of the living God. Go before us, Lord. Go before us. We just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.